We are listening to Dessa, who we are going to chat with now. Dessa's going to be speaking with us, and she's going to be playing here in Mankato. Good morning, Dessa. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. Am I talking to you up in the Twin Cities someplace? You are, yep. I had a show last night in Red Wing, but spent the evening tonight in Twin Cities before heading out again tomorrow on the road. Now, you're coming down for at least a couple days down in Mankato. You're not just doing a concert and leaving, correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, last year I had the opportunity to come through and kind of do a, a residency that was sort of hybrid. So some visits to classes uh, there and, you know, chatting with writing students and people who are hoping to enter the music industry and then putting on a show. So this time I'll be rolling through with my band, which is awesome. That uh, has like a keyboardist and a harp player, which isn't very wow. common in hip hop music. No. And so we'll be, yeah, we'll be performing as well. Now you're you don't just do hip hop. You I mean it's it's kind of genre busting almost. You you do a little I guess a I don't know how to describe it even, but a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's like a through line in that very often the songs themselves are um you know there, there's often like a propulsion to them. They're um usually like first person. So they're usually true stories, you know, drawn from real life. I studied to be a writer and had aspirations of becoming a writer when I was, you know, in my early 20s. So I work pretty hard on the lyrics. You know, that's like a big feature of music. But genre-wise, yeah, there's hip-hop and there's some, you know, like really kind of pop hooks, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of sing-alongable stuff, I hope. And then we've got you know, the occasional ballad, too, where all of us are singing in like, you know, three big three-part harmonies. So how does one go from wanting to be a writer? I don't know if you wanted to write a novel or if you mm. wanted to write for a newspaper or what, but how do you mm. go from that to being a singer? You know, it didn't feel like that far of a transition, to be honest. It was like I fell in love with with writing because I loved words. Mm. Okay. And, I, you know, and I, and I think I love them however they're used artistically. Like, I'm a sucker for somebody who's just a really great storyteller, like in casual bar conversation. You know, somebody who does all the voices and, and has great comic timing. Yeah. And um and I love you know, I love like stand up. Oh. I love yeah, I love, you know, a uh, a really well rendered poem and I like you know, so I've I've been game to, to sort of try my hand at anything that would fall roughly under the umbrella of like the language arts. So for me, wanting to become a writer, you know, when I was young and sending off a lot of essays essentially. I was doing like creative nonfiction. When and you, not knowing how to really enter into that. You know, I started performing my work because I wasn't sure how to get oh. it printed. And that, for me, was like the entrance into into stage work. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about your background? Were you born in Minnesota? I was, yeah. I was born in Minneapolis. My mom was Puerto Rican from the Bronx. She moved here. She moved to Minnesota to be a TV reporter. And oh. there she met my dad, who was a loop player. Uh, which is like the precursor, like the Elizabethan era precursor to the guitar. And yeah, I grew up in Minneapolis, kind of bouncing, you know, back and forth for summers and stuff to New York, did, where my mother's family lived. Did your but mom my, become mm, a TV reporter then? or She did, yeah. Which station or who is she? she maybe we know her, I don't know. Oh, she, she was up in Duluth then. So she oh. Was, she was in, yeah, she was in a Duluth station. And then she came to... Minneapolis, and she's worked for, um, she did a lot of work for, like, United Way. So a lot of media stuff, you know. Um, She worked for the St. Paul Police Department as their spokesperson for a while. Yeah. So she was a storyteller as well. So who knows, maybe that came from your mom. But when you were a kid, were you writing poems or were you writing stories or how did it develop? 
I was writing some pretty bad poems. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was the entry for me. Don't want them shared. <laughs> Would love to keep them out of the public eye. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't prodigious. I was enthusiastic, but I was not prodigious. <laughs> so, so uh, have any of these bad poems ever been transformed into some of your music today, or were they just overlooked and bye bye? I'm gone. I think they were great, like um, grist. <laughs> you know, they were they were the starter kit. They were they were good to practice on. But but for me, you know, so now I do write. I write for publication now, but yeah, I, I, it took me quite a few years to to figure out what I was doing and to then kind of learn how to, and I, and I think I'm, in poetry particularly, I'm still very much refining that skill. I think of all the kind of writing forms, um, poetry happens on pretty slim margins. You know, it's yeah. easy to go off course by a few degrees and wind up in a ditch, you know, in the same way like... Um, like I think, st- like I'm, I'm not a good baker. Like I'm fine on the stovetop. The stovetop <laughs> is kind of forgiving. You know what I mean? You can taste yeah. it and add, and, and it's like that's not how souffles work. And so I think poetry is a skill that I'm still developing. But yeah, I've been, you know, these years later, um, I now write for. Um, you know, occasionally I'll get like the New York Times magazine, mm-hmm. and and I published a book um, a few years ago called My Own Devices. So it's been just like slowly pushing on all fronts, you know, until you eventually wear down the obstacle <laughs> in your path. Yeah. Did, did the music part come? Were you taking piano lessons mm-hmm. or something? Or was it choir in school or something that you knew that you mm-hmm. could sing and perform? I wasn't. No. no. I, you know, my mom, huh. my mom had a, I didn't do theater or choir or band in school. Um, really? I, I did. And I would, like I said, I was very happily banging away on some, very juvenile poem, but um, but yeah, for me, my probably most of my musical education as a kid happened just riding around in the car with my mom, who had a be- she just a phenomenal voice, and she would encourage me to sing with the radio and then to try new stuff that was that would complement the song, but that wasn't in the song, you know. So, mm-hmm. so your so mom, if I got a harmony, yeah. If I was free, you know, if I was ad libbing or whatever, oh, good job, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. My parents always, when I did anything, was like, always great job. Even if it wasn't, it was always a great job, which <laughs> which is encouraging, right? And, mm, I, I, yeah, but I don't like that. Well, I know, because <laughs> I mean, then... When you're really little, but yeah, I like, yeah. It, it was, I think it was selective. Like, she wasn't like, great job, if I just <laughs> sang along with it. Like, she's like, okay, but if I could find something cool, like, yeah, that was a good one. So, you were with the, the hip-hop group Doomtree, yeah. And so when did that start and how did that start being, you know, wanting to write and getting into a hip hop group? So I, I was treading water or more accurately, probably sucking air as like a, <laughs> as a writer, wasn't making any traction. Yeah. And a friend of mine said, why don't you go try to perform one of your essays at a oh. poetry slam? And so my best friend at the time, Jacqueline, still my best friend, took me to this poetry slam and um, I was like, I think I could do this. And she was like, I think you could too. So it was there at a poetry slam performing my stuff Wow! that a rapper said, hey, why don't you try to do that over a beat? And then not too long afterwards, I met the guys at Doomtree, which was like already an established collective of super talented producers yeah. and, and MCs. And I was a fan of their stuff way before I was a, a member of the group. I just thought they made stuff that was weird. <laughs> and I like where they chose to like withhold polish. It just sounded very true. And then going to their shows, it was energetic and 
aggressive, but also like seemed to invite everybody to be part of it. And I, yeah, it's kind of a punk rock ethos. And I, I was really, really moved by them. So I was equally moved when eventually they sat me down and asked if I wanted to join. Well, now, were you at a performance of theirs or did you just meet them on the street or how did that happen to to occur? Mm, So I initially was introduced to their work Uh by a guy named Yoni in town who was the same guy who asked me for the first time, hey, why don't don't you try to do some of your rhyming poems over a beat? So we formed a band together. He invited me into his band called Medita. And then he gave me a bunch of CDs to listen to to kind of up my game, you know, to get more familiar with what was going on locally. And one of the CDs, like, had just, like, a hand-drawn um, dead bird with excess fries lying on its back. <laughs> and it was so good. And I was like, okay, now, wait a minute. Where are these guys from? They sound kind of Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And he was like, those are the guys that live next door. That's oh. entry. And so, yeah, so I, I met them, you know, kind of by being... Uh, in the neighborhood and and part of the same general music community and then i started you know i befriended them i started going to shows because i dug their stuff you know and um and then eventually was asked to become part of the group as they listened to more of my work too were you in your 20s when this happened or yeah exactly i think i met them at 20 20 years old yeah. so so you're an older i mean you didn't start when you were a teenager or anything a like babe that. No, I no was i was i was you know kind of messing around and like I, I would sing with family, I would sing with friends, and we might record a cassette or something, sure. but I wasn't putting out music, no. In part because I thought my mom's voice was so good that if she wasn't a professional singer, it was sort of foolish to imagine that I might have a shot at becoming one. And it just turned out she decided she wanted to do something else. She wanted to be a reporter. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does she think now that you're doing well in the business? Is she really proud, I assume? You know, it took, yes. First of all, yes. She's super proud. She's really supportive. But as you might imagine, it took a while. Like, yeah, I wasn't making money for <laughs> years and years and years. And it's a pretty, it was then and is sometimes still a pretty rugged way to live. Um, you know, there's a lot of very <laughs> unglamorous, to put it lightly, travel. Um, you know, you, you really got to stay on the road to make a living in this business. Um, as, a, as an indie musician, right? Because for the reasons that you think, like, if you want to hear a song, what do you do? You maybe go to Spotify, you maybe look for it on YouTube. People don't really have to buy music in the same way they have to. They, they had to if they wanted to hear it in years past, in, in generations past. So for us, the breadwinning really happens on the road. And, you know, if you're a parent, I can imagine just being like, oh, gosh, that looks kind of rugged, <laughs> <laughs> kind of rough. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think there were a few, like, inflection points in my career where both my parents thought, you know what, okay, this looks like it's holding, you know? <laughs> this is this is going to work. So performing with the Minnesota Orchestra was a big deal yeah. for me. Remains, like, a career highlight. And then, um, yeah, starting to get some of my, my written work published, too, as, like, a secondary passion and secondary income stream has been good, too. Yeah, I'm sure your parents were thinking, okay, this is a phase, and then it wasn't because you're still I doing it. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or just like, even if it's just like, okay, she really likes this, like, how do you connect this to uh, rent? How does this become, right. like, how does this, how, how on earth would this be sustainable? Which is like a reasonable question. Yeah, oh <laughs> given yeah. the state of the music industry. Um, so yeah, I know, I know that a lot of times, you know, parental concerns, they're, they're born of love. But of course, this is such an insane dream that you, I think a lot of young musicians, they just, we don't have we don't have the capacity to entertain doubts and forge ahead 
full steam. So you just kind of block that out and go as sprint flat out as hard as you can, hoping that wherever you collapse will be far enough down the road that you'll be established (laughs) enough to kind of get up and, and do the same thing the next day. I mean, do you look back and and say that, wow, I've had some really lean times and then something Mm. happened to make you say, I think I've made it? Or what happens Mm. in this journey? Well, I mean, yeah, I'd start by contextualizing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never spent the night hungry. And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's more than a lot of people. So it wasn't, my lean times are not, um, haven't been huge, uh, crises of like home you know of of really worrying about like shelter and food um which is like i said which is saying something big um but yes have there been times when um when it's just really freaking uncertain like is this gonna work could it ever work even if i spent like 16 hours of every day awake and trying it's you know it's a tough business and it's a glorious business and you get to do awesome stuff and see the world and it's tough because sometimes you have to do that like you know there were times definitely like you know, somebody, there wasn't seats for everybody in the van. So someone was just like <laughs> lying underneath a bench seat. And those drives can be eight hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, so it's not cool. Well, you know, I have talked to artists who have who have been homeless and live in their yeah. vans and things. So, I mean, that's you're very fortunate not to have to have that kind of story, actually. I am. And I mean, I think even musicians for the broader community that isn't musicians, right? Like, sure. That's a big deal. Um but yeah, you know, so there's, you know, we would go to South by Southwest and all of us, seven of us would sleep inside uh, a camper van or whatever mm-hmm. when we're on the road, for sure. We'd, you know, we'd, or we'd pull over and grab a few hours of sleep, maybe in a Walmart parking lot on the way to the next city. So next time I, s- I see a yeah. van full of people in a Walmart parking lot, oh, they're probably musicians. No, <laughs> They may well be, yeah. That's spot. So you're coming, uh, going to be spending a, at least a couple days here, correct, in Mankato? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and tell me what's going to be happening, because you're part of the Storytellers event. So it's more than just doing a concert, which is, you are doing, by the way, on Thursday. But what else yeah. happens? Um, I, so, you know, the, the event itself will feature both music and some poetry that I've recently published um, that that's kind of performative poetry so mm-hmm. short kind of usually sort of funny sad um, poems meant to be told on stage so I'll be bringing some my new collection of poems along with me and then I'll be joined as I mentioned on stage by these two totally killer uh, multi-instruments so a multi-instrumentalist mm-hmm. so Aviva J uh, has come in from Brooklyn New York to perform with us and she plays harp. She has an incredible, an incredible voice. And then um, I'll also be joined by my musical director, Joshua Holmgren, who plays keys, who sings and raps and plays saxophone as well. So it'll be a really varied night, you know, with some funny, sad storytelling and then some slow songs with a lot of harmonies and then some rap bangers, too. And we'll be, we'll be debuting a little bit of new music and new oh. arrangements as well. Well, she will be performing coming up this Thursday from 7.30 to 9.30 in the Halling Recital Hall in the Performing Arts Center here on the campus at Minnesota State University. You can get tickets in advance by going to mnsu.edu music, or you can purchase tickets on the day of the show.